The year 1833. No one could have predicted what would happen 150 years later when Britain retook the Falkland Islands from the Argentine Confederation. Today's episode of Sun Wars, the Empire Strike Backs, Strikes Back, the Falklands. Today we'll discuss the one of the last modern wars to be fought between two uh, countries with formidable navies, formidable air forces, and how that war played out, its lead-up, and why it can be uh, so important to, you know, sort of realize and, and look at, and why it's such an interesting conflict, because it really is um, something to marvel at. So like I said, um, back, way back when, in the very old days of, you know, the original exploration, um, the Falkland Islands were discovered by the British, and they had changed hands quite frequently. They went to the Spanish, went back to the British, and then they were, uh, in British hands for a while, until they went to the Argentines. And actually, multiple battles were fought in the Falklands. At one point, American whalers and American, even naval ships, went to the Falklands and fired upon the capital, Port Stanley, because um, American whaling ships had been detained by the Argentine Confederation. But uh, soon after that, uh, Britain would reestablish its dominance and kick off the Argentinians in 1833, simply because they had a bigger navy. And, you know, that's what nations with bigger navies do, and bigger armies do, you know, they kick people out of places, and especially someplace as um, strategic as the Falklands, it would give Britain uh, areas to conduct uh, military operations in the South Atlantic, near Antarctica, near, uh, you know, South America. It really is quite a strategic spot when you look at it, but for hundreds of years, or for 150 years to be exact, it was used for near nothing. Only one major battle of World War I was fought there. That was the Battle of the Falkland Islands, uh, which was a naval battle. Nothing of real note happened there. But it would be in 1982 when something very important would happen. But let's take a little bit of a step back. So in 1981... A man named Leopoldo Galtieri takes power in Argentina. He was a general and a became the next dictator in the line of you know, dictators that would take over these South American countries that were supported by the Americans. America had a um, big interest in Central America and South America and would oftentimes set up these large dictatorships. So one, probably the most famous one would be in that of Chile. Um, the, the Chilean dictator was known for throwing people out of helicopters who would have disagreed with him or communists out of helicopters. It was these very um, far-right dictators who were staunchly anti-communists who were supported no matter what they did. They were supported by America. So Leopoldo Galtieri is the second in, uh, person to take power of, of one of these dictatorships, and it's in Argentina. Now, an important thing to remember 
right, is Argentina is going through a terrible economic crisis. Uh, nobody has jobs. It's it's absolutely horrible. So, what do you do when, you know, the economy is down, morale is low among the people, there's mass uproar, even insurgency in the late seventies there was insurgency, in um, in the Argentine. Uh, region so what do you do well obviously you would you know fight a war if you can win back or win something even just win a war then a nation's hope for a regime can be you know reignited like uh george w bush says in the movie vice and like many people would agree with in real life he says and i quote my daddy would have won re-election had he taken out Saddam. And, you know, end quote, and a bit of a southern accent there just for fun. But it is true. If you think about it, if he took out Saddam, when it was popular to take him out, he could use that as a, as this, you know, um, mechanism to propel his political career even further. But he didn't. That's a big part of the reason why Bill Clinton won the election. But back on topic, so... The Argentinians called the Falkland Islands the Malvinas, Las Malvinas, and it was a big part of their, you know, national idea was that those islands belonged to them, and that all islands in that South Atlantic region that Britain had, you know, taken over, had belonged to them, because it was it was taken from them, and it was right next to them, so why wouldn't it belong to them? So, Leopoldo Galtieri, in order to you know, sway the public from thinking about the, like, what's happening with the economy. He, he needs to increase public morale. And in turn, you know, waging war also, you know, increases the economy because now you need uh, to produce the, the weapons. You need the men and whatnot to, you know, fight these wars. So, in 1982... His, his plan is for it. On March 19th, Argentinians invade South Georgia Island. Now, South Georgia Island is, like, easily probably the most uninhabitable place on Earth. It had a research post that had no one on it. Nobody even lived there. It's a very small island, um, a few hundred miles east of the Falklands. And this was sort of used as a testing ground. It's like, all right, well, will they... If you do anything, and it wasn't even troops. No troops invaded. It was originally just Argentinian scrap metal workers who worked, who went there to just um, take all the scrap metal. But then uh, a British ship came in and realized that, you know, hey, these Argentinians are here. That's really not um, what we're looking at, you know. And, um,. You know, that's not their angle. So they try and, you know, kick them off the island or whatever. And the Argentinians come back. And that's when things start to pick up. But no moves after that would really be made until April 2nd, when Argentina launched a full-scale invasion of the Falkland Islands. The British troops' presence on the Falklands and on South Georgia Island was virtually non-existent. There were some troops there, but, you know, they, why waste time putting troops in the middle of nowhere when 
the Soviet Union is knocking on your doorstep and you're, you know, you have to deal with uh, colonial, uh, imperial wars and sending troops there if they need, if they're needed throughout the Commonwealth. You know, the, the empire had long, you know, since pretty much died. Troops still need to re re be redistributed around to places like Hong Kong and other areas under British control at the time. So, you know, why waste putting troops there? Um, and that was made the conquering of the, you know, Falklands extremely easy. Not to say that the British didn't put up a fight. They put up a fight. Um, but they were eventually ordered to stand down, and it was... Um, Rex Hunt at the time, who was the, you know, this, the, uh, the governor of the islands of the territory. And he, uh, he eventually, you know, was like, all right, you know, we're done here. So, you know, obviously, huge backlash from the British government. And an important feat thing to know is about who is in charge at the time. Now, at the time, the person in charge was Margaret Thatcher. Loved by some, hated by some, a very polarizing leader. She was a conservative in the same ranks of Ronald Reagan during that time, similar ideas. Um, very controversial for her takes on the Troubles, which may be, you know, a future episode on the show, um, where she had imprisoned and led to the deaths of some uh, members of... Uh, nationalist groups, or Irish nationalist groups, and there had been multiple attempts on her life by the IRA because of her hard line against them. She had cracked down on unions and on miners, not, you know, like miners, like coal miners and whatnot, coal miner unions, not said I sent out the wrong message or anything, but she was a very, um, known as the Iron Woman, uncompromising, to say the least. So immediately, and the a British invasion fleet is is being assembled from April fifth to the twentieth. An invasion fleet is being assembled, a massive fleet. Like the fleets of this size, are rarely seen in action, ever. Today they're usually used as just you know oh, we have this big navy whatever. But Britain in nineteen eighty two was like all right well we got to get these islands back and the public was massively in support of this. So Margaret Thatcher says. A fleet of a hundred ships to sail for Ascension Island, which is in the middle of like the Atlantic Ocean, like smack dab in the middle, uh, near it's in between Africa and South America, and that can be used as a staging ground. And these ships are sailing for South Georgia Islands and the Falklands. Uh, they've got thousands of Royal Marines, there are aircraft carriers and um, British Harrier jets. And uh, this is where it's important because now, you know, there's hundreds of ships involved. The Argentine Navy is getting involved. They're going to have to be preparing for a fight. And they also have their own aircraft carriers with their own, um, you know, planes and attack jets, uh, fighter jets that they'll be using. And the American angle on this was, well, they initially had asked Thatcher to back down because they were, you know, 
allies with the Argentinians, and they wanted they saw the economic situation there, and they wanted this regime to make, remain intact, because domino theory dictates that, you know, had Argentina fallen, one of the larger countries, could these other countries fall? South American countries, Chile, Bolivia, Paraguay, Peru, fall to you know communist um, rule. And so they initially had asked them to, you know, back down. It was like, Britain, just let let them have the islands. Britain, of course, says, no, we cannot let you have the islands. You can't just let them have that. So the Americans are like, fine, whatever. But, you know, they're not just going to not su- stop supplying arms. So they, you know, keep supplying arms to both sides of the conflict. In a classic American fashion, what actually we tried to do in World War One was supply um, to the Germans as well, because a prolonged war in America's eyes would make it a better, advantageous, more advantageous economic situation for us, which it would have. But Britain had set up a blockade, said, "Now, any ship that goes to give Germans grain or." resources would be sunk immediately so that that happened so we've got this going on now in april 26 just six days after the fleet is assembled and sailing south georgia island is recaptured with relative ease the the argentinians didn't really want it they didn't really need it it was just sort of an initial gauge uh gauge the reaction type situation and it was easily taken back. But the main prize here was the Falklands. That's why, you know, it's called the Falklands War. And at this point, the Argentinians had been given uh, 18, or sorry, no, um, 26 days to dig in their defenses. They've set up, like, and especially now modern day, it's a lot easier to set up your airfields, to dig in, set up their artillery, they had like four weeks basically to set up their intricate trench systems of defenses, mines, minefields, airfields to get all that situated. But you know, the British are not to be dabbled with here. They're one of the larger militaries in the world. Probably, I believe at this time, the third or fourth largest next to the Russians, the Chinese, and us. Um, at that point in history. And just two days after South Georgia is recaptured, the exclusion zone is declared. Now, the exclusion zone is extremely important to understand. What Britain did was they said any ship within 200 miles of the Falkland Islands, any Argentinian ship, is to be sunk immediately. And this is the most controversial part of the war. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Because on May 1st, just two days later, the air war starts. British Harriers and Argentine fighter jets are battling it out over the sea, over the Falklands, um, trying to get missile strikes, air-to-ground missiles, air-to-ship, all this intense dogfighting in these modern jets at the time, which had never been done before. This is the first time that you know, two modern jets had gone against each other, right? Isn't that crazy how little fighter jets 
go against each other. Usually, what, what would happen, right, was and the way these air wars would the air war you know would come up initially was that Argentine fighters would take off from their carriers or their airbase in the Las Malvinas, as they would say, or on the islands, and attempt to sink uh, British ships. And Harriers would be fighting day and night, um, trying shooting down these Argentine um, fighter jets. And only a day later, after the air war starts, the most controversial event of the entire war happens. It's the sinking of the General Belgrano cruiser. This sinking occurred outside the exclusion zone. And there was a lot of international backlash from this, but Margaret Thatcher had personally ordered it, and she didn't really care about the backlash. She just wanted to get the islands back and saw that. But even though it was outside of the exclusion zone, she sunk it, which caused a lot of international uproar. That's a really important part. Biggest single loss of life in the war was the singing of the Belgrana. And just two days later, the Argentinians took revenge when they landed an Axisset missile onto the Sheffield and sunk it. Now, only a few days later, right, British landing craft would finally reach the Falklands, right? So now you have British troops on the Falklands. And they, an important thing to remember here is that the Royal Marine Commandos are highly trained professionals right these guys are professionals they've trained all over the world in kenya they've been training in britain which is very similar to the falklands so they know they have a general idea of the landscape how to fight in weather like this because they live in weather like that it's it's the exact same as britain the argentinians however you know don't live in an area like that they're conscripts and these conscript fighters are not as effective and more willing to surrender. That's what happens in some of these battles. At Pebble Island Raid, um, Royal Marine Commandos were able to easily capture a strategic airstrip. And from May 28th to 29th, only a few hundred Royal Marine paratroopers uh, won at the Battle of Goose Green. For 14 hours they fought against a few thousand Argentinian conscripts. And they were able to take them prisoner, and that was a big um, thing in the war, was that these um, conscripts, although they outnumbered them, uh, the Britons, they were they would surrender in droves to the Britons. The Britons were outnumbered, and they would take hundreds and hundreds more prisoners than they had men. And eventually, they uh, it took about another few weeks. It was on June 13th when the Battle of Wireless Ridge started. This was the siege of Port Stanley. Uh, Port Stanley is the capital of the Falkland Islands, right? Uh, so this is where the, the major hub is, the port. Um, you know, because it's named Port Stanley. But the port is there. There's airstrips there. And British uh, ba- battles were waged over the other islands that were there. But they were all more easily captured, right? So it was just... British troops and Gurkhas were also there. If you know about the Gurkhas, very cool. Highly suggest you look into them if you're interested in this kind of stuff. The Gurkhas were there fighting as well. But, um, like, these British troops were going, and they were winning these battles, and slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly, um, they were taking the island. And this is where the final battle took place. It's called the Battle of Wireless Ridge. Um, and it only lasted a day, too. Because on June 14th, the last of the Argentinians um, 
had surrendered. And this marked a big victory for the British. A big um, loss for the Argentinians. Of course, because, you know, they lost the war. The Britons got the Foglands back. Margaret Thatcher won re-election resoundingly. Before that, her approval ratings were abysmal. But this is how she won re-election. Then, um... Uh, obviously, the Argentinian regime fell. And, uh... Yeah, it's, it serves as an important part of the uh, war history, air war, ground war, um, naval war. That is this episode of Unsung Wars. Talk about the, talking about the Falkland Islands. Hope everybody has a wonderful day. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.